We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody whose partner is addicted to their phone. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Correct. We know nothing, just like Jon Snow. It's been a minute since I made that joke. That's true. It's an we old, it's a classic. <laughs> We're not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. Uh, so today's check-in topic comes from one of our patrons, the same patron that we've been referring to who offered us like 17 check-in <laughs> yeah, topics. Yeah, we didn't tell you guys this, but it was just a, it's just the same person with like three awesome check-in topics. Yeah, so no, it was great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is just a quick reminder that if you would like more content from us or if you would like to be part of our office hours, you can support us on Patreon. Um, you can also submit letters to our Patreon, which uh, just has fewer letters in it, so you have a higher chance chance of getting your letter answered if you're interested in that um so that's patreon.com slash just break up pod yeah sam mentioned the office hours office hours are like a monthly casual zoom hangout with me and sam and whoever wants to join us and we answer your questions live um and the next office hours is happening on february uh 25th it's a sunday and we're Mm. gonna do 3 p.m eastern changing it up yeah changing it up on midday sunday Um, because (laughs) Yeah, Um, because we thought maybe we might be able to get some of our international patrons and our West Coast folks and whatnot. So if you want to join us for a Zoom hangout in February, it's happening on Sunday, February 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can join that for as little as five dollars a month. Cancel anytime you want at Patreon.com slash Just Break Up Pod. Big thank you to everybody who subscribed in January. I'm like so touched by your support, by your messages saying like you were subscribing and why. 
Mm. Just, it was really moving, <laughs> honestly. Uh, we, I like, you know, I have to do taxes for our business. <laughs> mm. And it was a, it was a s slower year, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just very humbling and reassuring um, that we could ask of our community and our community would show up for us like that. So thank for you. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this check-in topic is from one of our patrons. Uh, and basically she asked a question that was like, how do we feel about the idea of getting your hopes up and specifically thinking about like new relationships? So the idea of like, don't get your hopes up, right? Like if you get your hopes up, then somehow it'll hurt more when it doesn't go well or you get ghosted or whatever. And she wanted to know, and also, you know, she was like, and I think getting your hopes up might be a good thing. Cause it like is helpful and like, it's fun to have hope about stuff and be excited about new relationships. So like, what do we think about that? What are some of the musings that we have about that? And I thought it was a great question for us to, to think about, because I think hope, especially in this like current moment that we're in, is often so fleeting that like, what does I it know. feel like to, to get our hopes up? And, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I really connected this question because something that I struggle with internally on a daily basis <laughs> is even though I don't actually believe in karma, you know, mm. I don't actually, uh, believe that there's like a energetic, uh, tally system going on there or like this ominous leader, just like keeping track of yeah, like sure. what we deserve and don't deserve. That is the, actually the first thing my, my brain goes to. Um, I think it's like a shame, you know, trodden path of like, oh, well, you didn't get this because you, you uh, didn't deserve it or you wanted it too much. You know, when I had my ectopic pregnancy a couple of years ago, I, uh, something that I really had to like untangle during my healing process was that it didn't happen to me because I really wanted to get pregnant. You know, I, my, my pain wanted to tell me like, oh, you wanted it too badly and of course you didn't deserve it so like look at you foolish you yeah. putting yourself out there you know how dare you sort of thing um and that's just like something that I have to push against all the time because like I said there is no like cosmic um tally system that's going to be the the judge of what you deserve and get from life uh and in dating particularly I feel like we we try to like ration our hope and our and our our dreams for something because yeah. we think like you said in the in the intro that like we think that it's somehow gonna make that hurt less big if we if we don't hope so much it won't hurt so much but like for sure. that's when has that equation worked out <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. Cause it's like, no, it's still going to hurt. <laughs> you know, like I think about this in the context of relationships where it's like, you know, <clears throat> where it's like, you know, you get your hopes up about somebody. You're like, oh my God, I'm excited about this person. Oh my God. Like, I think that there could really be something here. And then, yeah. you know, being rejected sucks no matter how you feel about the person, right? Like being ghosted <laughs> yeah. sucks no matter if you Often have your hopes up or not. Even right? when you don't like them. <laughs> yeah, no, you absolutely. I mean? There have been multiple times where <sighs> I have been deeply devastated by somebody I didn't give a shit about, right? Like where it's like, wait, you're rejecting me? No way. Right? Like I, know. I think I know. <laughs> and I think it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's been so deeply ingrained in us that like somehow like being hopeful about something means you're like trying to get something you don't deserve or whatever. And it's like 
why did we decide that like being excited about something means that like you shouldn't get the thing you're excited about? Like that seems so silly to me. <laughs> like what, like what, where did that come from and how did, how did it get taught to us? And I, and I think part of it is like the expression of hope, the expression of excitement is vulnerability, right? Cause we're actually like putting out into our own understanding and like other people's understanding that we actually want something that we're actually excited about something that we're actually trying to like make a connection with a person or get the job that we always wanted or whatever it might be, you know? And like, and that itself is vulnerable. The, the, it's like laying open our belly and saying like, look, this is what I really want. And now you know how to hurt me, right? Now you know how to world or person or whatever it is. And so often our reaction to being hurt after being vulnerable is to tell ourselves that the being vulnerable was the thing that hurt us, right? And that's not actually true. The being vulnerable actually opens us up to different things, to relationships, to excitement, which is a great emotion to have. But it's like, how often are we excited these days? <laughs> you know, like it's just, I don't remember the last, and that's not true. I don't remember the last time I was excited. And when was, I bought my Lego Rivendell set. That was the last time that I was excited about something and could not wait for it to arrive at my home. Uh, First of all, <laughs> I'm visiting you in two days, two days. You couldn't say, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sam and I are doing a little business trip in two days. So yeah, we are. See each other. Absolutely. We are. <laughs> Executive realness over here. We are gonna yeah. get shit mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. We're gonna girl boss our I'm way buy a through. Briefcase. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to add. I, I think you were you were kind of getting there. Like something that I have learned on the podcast is, you know, the idea that we share about trust. That like after somebody breaks through trust, so many of us like recoil and like start to ration our trust or like hoard our trust away because we're like, oh my God, I trusted you. And then you hurt me. Therefore trusting people is dangerous. Not the person who broke your trust is dangerous. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, or right. emotionally unsafe. Yep. Um, and I think the same thing happens with hurt, uh, with hope and hurt or hope and disappointment, um, getting your hopes up and then being disappointed by it. We, it, we're like, okay, well, I don't want that to happen again, so I won't hope again. When in reality, it's like the disappointment is actually the thing we have to befriend or get ready for or Mm. anticipate, but not in like a preventative way, right? Not in, there's no way that we can move through this life and not be disappointed. For sure. You know, but there is a way for us to like cut ourselves off from connection and, and, joy and it's not it's not hoping granted that being said like when when it comes to dating I will say like a lot of times I feel like I would get my hopes up in an idealizing way in like a over romanticizing I'm gonna get my hopes up about this person that's perfect and I literally don't know anything about them I understand wanting to like maybe temper some of that but in general you know vulnerability inherently opens us up to hurt we it's something that we can't avoid or deny or or keep ourselves from but just like the trusting didn't hurt you the person hurt you hoping for something uh doesn't hurt you it's the fact that you were that you wanted it it's it's the how about this one of my very first therapists like gave me the like how to translate your emotions cheat card you know and it was (laughs) uh yeah and i 
will always remember that it said, you know, discomfort is trying to tell you that you have the opportunity to do something different. And I'll never mm. forget that. It's something I've said on the podcast a million times. But the other one that I remember is disappointment is trying to tell you what is important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So if, you're, <laughs> if you're disappointed after you got your hopes up, it's because, like Sam said, you really wanted that job. You were really into that person mm -hmm. or even thinking like pulling out a little bit more. You you really wanted that job and you really want your life to shift in a different direction or mm -hmm. you really want or you're lonely. You know, you want connection like and all of those things are OK and we can't shield ourselves from them. We just can't. We can we can brace ourselves for them, not in a preventative way, but in a soft way, in a cushioned way. How are you tending your how are you taking care of yourself when you are disappointed for, instead of how are you rationing your hope to save you from disappointment? I would rather work on the skills of like, how am I going to tend to myself? How am I going to take care of myself when I am disappointed instead of trying to prevent it as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. Cause that, that's sort of like, what does it look like to stay in the present? And I think that that's mm -hmm. important, like stay in the present of like what is actually happening in, in your body. And I think like, we can skew often we like go into the future thinking or past thinking as a way to like avoid the painful feelings or the scary feelings yes. or whatever yep. that, that's happening in us. Right. So like, that's so true. We like off ramp into the future and then suddenly it's like, you're already planning your wedding. Like this person is perfect for you. Like you're already like 7,000 feet down the, the road and you're like, we're already here. I'm so excited. And like that, I think is something that we that isn't helpful, right? Because then we're not clued into what's going on in the moment or like going to past and saying like, oh, I should have known better, right? Like the things that have happened to me in the past are going to happen to me now. Like I should, I should know that I shouldn't get my hopes up because everyone's awful because of all these things that have happened to me in the past, right? Like, and we, we off ramp into those two different places because it's really hard to sit in the reality of our own emotions and experiences in the vulnerability of that to say like, oh my gosh, I'm actually really excited about this person or I really like them or like this job sounds so cool or, oh, I really want to move to that new place because it seems like a really awesome stuff and like I'm ready for a change and like I'm excited or that thing didn't happen and I'm really disappointed by it and or that person ghosted me and now I'm really hurt and rejected. So we just want to like off ramp away from those like painful emotions or exciting emotions, which are often scary, <laughs> excited and scared, right into like future or past. And I think one of the things that I want us to do is like hope is, I think, in many ways, like a present emotion, like having hope for the future, being excited about what's happening, like that can be really excited or really great for us. And at the same time, it's really vulnerable. And I think we think that it protects us by like moving into the past or like moving into the future, but actually it doesn't because it doesn't make the hurt any less. It's just that we're like not dealing with it anymore. We don't have the cushions underneath us to like help us stay in that present moment. So I think getting your hopes up is great as long as you're not like off ramping into the future that doesn't exist yet. But I don't think that not hoping for things, not being excited for things actually saves us any hurt if that thing doesn't come to pass. And I think actually like being really honest about your own excitement helps make that future emotion where you might feel disappointed or hurt by it, like make more sense, <laughs> right? Like, like you can like, you can integrate it better into your body. If you're like, yeah, of course I'm feeling disappointed and, and rejected by this person. I really liked them as opposed to being like, 
oh, I'm feeling disappointed and rejected and I shouldn't have because I shouldn't have been so excited, right? Like shutting down this like really natural and important emotion that comes up, you know, like, so I'm, I'm on board with getting your hopes up. I'm on board with being excited because I'm (laughs) on board with like sitting in our present emotions and experiencing them as valid and important and something worth engaging with. I totally agree. I think that's really beautiful and a great reminder for all of us. Okay. Great check-in topic. Thank you to the patron who submitted them. Um, And let's dive into today's letter. It is from Old Fashioned, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from the real world. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I've been a listener since day one, and it's been a pleasure to grow alongside you too. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. The pickle in question seems trivial, but under the surface, it means a whole lot to me. I'm from Gen Z, and like a lot of young people, I struggled with social media addiction and general overuse of my phone. In the last few years, I've deleted all social media and kept my screen time to an hour or less a day, which is hella impressive. That's me commentating (laughs) commentating on your letter. Uh Um, My partner, however, is on their phone constantly. We've been together for over two years, and in the beginning, it was not like this at all. We talked all the time, spend hours just staring at each other in love, went on dates, and had a lot of great sex. We have a child together now, and I don't know if it's just the stress of being a new parent, but my partner has totally checked out. Most nights when they get home, I just sit across from them trying to make conversation, only to be completely ignored. I can't seem to hold their attention for longer than half an hour anymore. I personally feel that it has affected our sex life, too. It feels like we hardly have any time to get through small talk, let alone be intimate enough for sex. Don't get me wrong. The sex isn't completely gone, but I just don't feel as into it when I'm getting minimal effort from my partner in other ways. Mm. I've heard you guys mention on here how important it is to have a good opinion of your partner. And I feel like that is slipping away the longer this goes on. Some of their phone usage is for references for paintings, which I think is great, but a lot of it is endlessly watching reels that are at best kind of funny or informative and at worst downright offensive or humorously objectifying women. When we have conversations about it, my partner seems to be oblivious about how they are acting. They deny even being on their phone that much. They deny the content they view has any effect on their view of me as a woman or on their time management. They even have equally strong opinions to mine that social media isn't healthy, but their actions are so different. This feels like a small issue in theory to, quote, just break up, especially when we have a kid together. But am I just totally bugging out to be so turned off by this? Is my holier than thou mentality about phones the problem here? What the heck do I do? Sincerely old fashioned. All right. Old fashioned. Thank you for writing to us. Um, first of all, I want to say congrats on the the new baby. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, I'm very happy for you. And I also just want to name, I'm not a parent, but I know this from people in my who are parents in my life, that when a child comes, lots of things about the relationship change significantly. Um, and so I, I just want to sort of name that you and your partner are kind of in like a new iteration of your relationship. And 
it's totally understandable that there are things that are now sort of coming out or coping mechanisms that you both are using to help sort of navigate this like new stress, new excitement, new, all of the different things that come with having a child. Um, and that that means that there are different conversations that need to be had about what's okay and what's not okay in your relationship now. Um, and so I just want to name that it's a very exciting time for you. And also I know that this can be a really stressful time for you and for your partner. Um, and that I'm sorry that you're feeling so unseen in this new iteration of your relationship. Um, it's not fun to feel like your partner isn't spending time with you, right. Or is more interested on in what other people are posting on social media than they are in what's actually happening in your real life. Um, and I want to say that I think that this dynamic of of not being quite sure how to be in space with each other, especially after a big life change, is really normal. And I think what Sierra and I are going to be interested in is how do you and your partner have some conversations about what's important to you in your relationship? What does quality time with each other look like? And how are you, you two both expressing what you need given that your life is now, I don't know, 76 times more stressful than it was before the baby was born, right? Because that, that's really what, what parenting does to a relationship. So we're going to get into some of that in just a minute. Uh, but before that, we're going to take a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Welcome back. And thank you to our letter writer for trusting us with this letter and for listening since day one. That is wild. I Amazing. love I love that. Um, yeah, I feel like this letter is about phone use and phone use is the Trojan horse containing, you know, intimacy lacking issues, oh <laughs> you oh, know, absolutely. connection for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about this. Um, as somebody who does like facilitation and coaching around conflict, um, right. There are like three different types of conflict, the material, the symbolic and the relational, right. So the material is about like the thing that's happening, right. So the material conflict here is your partner is on his phone more than you would like him to be right. Like that's the material conflict. It's about phone usage. And then the yeah. symbolic is about like, what does that mean? about ourselves and there's symbolic oh God, yeah. stuff here, like a lot of symbolic stuff here. Right. Which is yes. that like, first of all, you, you letter writer have some ideas around social media being unhealthy and that people shouldn't spend too much time on it. Right. Which is understandable. And I totally agree. And him spending a lot of time on his phone is telling you something about him that may or may not actually be true. Right. And then also the symbolic aspect of like, oh, that means you're not spending as much time with me, right? Like there's a symbolism yeah, about how we're spending yeah. our time mm -hmm. and what our priorities are because yeah. of how we spend that time. And then there's the relational, which is about like, what does this mean about our relationship? And of course, as the symbolic and material conflicts are not being addressed, the relational stuff is like coming up even more, which is like, are we okay? Are we good? Is this a person that I actually want to spend the rest of my life with, right? Like yes. because this is going unaddressed on all of these levels, it's like getting worse, which is like what happens in conflict when we're not talking about these three different levels, because what's happening, and this is happening in your, in your letter here, right? Like you're arguing about phone usage and he's like, I'm not using my phone that much. And you're like, I am right. And it's, you think that it's about like an actual, like material thing, like a quantifiable thing. But what you're actually in conflict about is like, what does this mean about us? And what does this mean about our yeah. understanding of the world, which is yeah. not being addressed because 
because you're just talking about like, oh, you're using too, your phone too much. And yes. he's like, no, I'm not, <laughs> which is like that. Both of those things might that be will, true at the same time. That is, that's the, the snake eating its own tail. <laughs> like that will be in, you will be in conflict forever. Yes, absolutely. Because like that is not a quantifiable or like shared agreement that you have. Right. Like you're like, it's too much. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. it's not. And it's like, OK, well, <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, that is so helpful. I the audacity that this is probably like only the first or second time you've shared that on the podcast. Like, first of all, me and the rest of the Just Breakup community are mad at you for gatekeeping that. Isn't that what young people say right now? Um, yeah, absolutely. I was gatekeeping that knowledge that is like easily Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did not come up with that, friends. <laughs> that is the whitest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, yes. Everything that Sam said, um, I think that I will add my piece as a parent, as a new parent, um, everything Sam said as a non child owner (laughs) is true. Uh, that this, that this transition, um, I feel like it just, I'll just say this. When I had my daughter, I was um, 36, about to turn 37, and I felt as though my mode of existing, my relationship to the world and time and energy and, my, and, and everything, my relationship to everything, my mode of existing had worked for 36 years, and then it no longer worked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed to create a new mode of existing because the way I existed before was so upended. It's just such a time of such newness. So again, like Sam said, I'm, I, it totally makes sense that this is coming up right now and childcare begs for escapism. Even Willow who she doesn't have social media. My wife, we have uh, an almost two year old. She, she doesn't have social media, but she said, Oh man, after seven, when the kid goes to bed, it's like, I don't have a lot to give the way I used to, right? Unless unless one of us intentionally says, I need more face-to-face time, I need more intimacy, we are just pulling from a much more shallow bucket. Okay, that's just commentary, set that aside. The more important thing I want to say is there are two things that are happening here at the same time, and it actually goes really nicely with your idea of conflict or like your, the, the different kinds of conflict. Two things are true. You know, I was really taken with your com- your uh, note in the letter, like, is my um, holier-than-thou mentality, like, messing me up? Or, like, is that the problem here? Um, the two things that are true to me is, one, your relationship to your phone, your boundaries around phone use, and your beliefs around how it benefits and behooves and hurts um your productivity in your life are yours solely. Your partner might have their own uh, feelings that that align with you, but you are you are experiencing them in your own body. Like you can't copy and paste your same understand like your relationship to your phone and phone usage to your partner perfectly. Like you will always be different. Um, in that, even if you say, I only want to use you each, even if you each say, I only want to use my phone for an hour a day, you're still going to have different relationships to it. You're still going to have different understandings of how it, it gives and takes away from your life. And also at the exact same time, 
at the exact same time that that your partner can never truly have the same relationship to their phone as you do at the same time it is obviously hurting your relationship right you need you are not getting what you want from your partnership so we need to move forward through the mediation and problem solving stage of this conflict with both of those things in mind it's not that you're better than them it's not that you're holier than thou with them it's that you're different and that if you try to mash them together like Sam said, if it's always about you use a phone, you use your phone too much. No, I don't. You use your phone too much. No, I don't. That's never going to that's never going to bring us anywhere productive. I'm not even talking about like getting on the same page. You don't have to believe the same thing about the phone. Right. That's not the goal here. The goal here is that you feel more connected and intimate and prioritized. Your partner's never going to use your phone in the same way as you do, period. Don't get me wrong. I think both Sam and I f lean towards your leanings about like, I think it's so fucking literally truly attractive of you <laughs> that you are <laughs> only using your phone for an hour a day. That's so stunning. Um, That's amazing. It's like something I'm really trying to emulate in my new 2024 20, life. Um, I love that. And also um, I have found that if I think about things in terms of right and wrong, or if I think about things in terms of um, trying to get my partner to agree with me or disagree with me, black and white, that never helps me. That never makes the conflict productive, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think, I think sort of getting to what's actually at stake here, which like Sierra said, is about like feeling connected to each other. And the fact that you're feeling really unconnected from them, which is understandable given all of the ways that your life has currently changed. Um, and I think the way that I would approach this conversation is less about phone use and more about how are the two of us spending intentional time with each other? Cause it feels really different if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, you're on your phone a lot. Then if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I'm feeling like we're not connecting and I would love to spend more intentional time with you. Can we figure out how to make that happen? Right. I'd be like, if there were the phone thing, I'd be like, Oh God, I would feel shame. <laughs> right. Like I would, I would be like, Oh, do I, I don't think I do. I'm so sorry. And then I would like, I would go into some sort of thing. Right. As opposed to somebody saying like, I, I want to feel more connected with you. Cool. Let's do that. What are some of the things that we want to try in pursuit of that goal with each other? Maybe it is like, oh, we, you know, spend at least a half hour together without our phones present to just like connect and chat with each other. Or, you know, we take intentional uh, dates once every couple weeks to make sure that we're spending time one on one and we we leave the baby with a parent or with a friend to to, you know, make that time for ourselves. Right. Or maybe it's that we like go on walks so that the baby's kind of like in the, in the, what's that called? Stroller. <laughs> I was like, what is that thing called? The baby's like in the stroller and you what's and I get to What's funny is that you bought me my stroller and that was your gift to me. What's I, that called? What's that like? Just... It's like a little, it's like a wagon for babies. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, I was like the pram. That's like, I was like, I literally like could not come up with the word. Um, Right. So that it's like we're not looking at our phones and we're like walking cart. with each other. 
absolutely. I don't know. What do you carry a baby in? A bag? Um, <laughs> right. That way you're, you know, going on a walk, you're not looking at your phones. You're, you're spending time talking to each other and the, you know, the baby's doing its own thing, right? Like, I don't know what the solution is here, but I think if you two can kind of brainstorm around instead of like, how do we get you to spend less time on your phone instead? Like, how do we spend more time intentionally together where we're talking about something yes. that isn't the baby, right? Cause I hear that also from people who are parents. It's like, all we talk about is our children. Like we, like we don't have anything in common anymore, right? Like what are some of the parameters and how can you two talk about and agree to that as opposed to just being in constant conflict about the like the hours of phone usage, because that's not actually the issue here. What's actually at play is what the phone usage means about whether or not you feel connected to this person. Yeah. Yes. I want to add to that because I think you touched on something really powerful about the shame um, and about not making it like you use your phone too much. Because that is a belief that you that you know you hold or I hold or whatever. Um, instead, saying I need more connection or I need more no phone time, no screen time. Um, something that we established in my house that I think is really helpful is that like we, you know, at one point in our relationship, I think Willow asked me to make our dining room table where we eat together every night like a phone-free zone, right? So we don't bring our table, our, our phone to the table, especially during dinner. Um, and that was like a really easy, understandable parameter um, that we could set that no longer, because at times when Willow has come to me about like wanting me, inviting me off on my phone, basically, I have totally, like Sam said, felt self-conscious, like, oh, well, I, you know, I was in the middle of an email or I, right, you right, know, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just need to clock out because I'm stressed out or whatever. Like we get so defensive, but instead just making those parameters or, or like I said earlier, like after the baby goes to bed, unless somebody specifically asks for it, it's a free for all because that's our clock out time, you know? That's sure. like our, I am going to zone out and play Sudoku and listen to my audiobook. Um, <laughs> that sounds so lovely. <laughs> every night. I do it every single night. I do the hard first on, on the New York Times and then I do the medium. I love um, it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to take morals out of it because, again, the purpose here isn't to agree that phones are bad. Or like what the right phone uses it. The purpose here is to is to nourish and feed your relationship. Um, I wanted to add one more thing because like I don't want y'all to think that we totally ignored like the questionable content thing. Um, because uh, yeah, you know it is. Even if you hear everything we say and totally agree with it, and you still feel a little uneasy about the content that your partner is consuming, that's totally reasonable. I too would feel uneasy about that. Um, so, so follow your feelings on that one. We trust you on that one. Um, obviously we don't have more information, so we can't like, what, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I'm focusing on trying to rebuild the intimacy and rebuild the relationship. Um, and I learned something recently on like a parenting resource that I'll share with you that you can apply both to your relationship <laughs> and to your child. Um, some, I was reading recently about like how to handle, um, you know, toddler transit, toddler meltdowns, um, communicating like my, my child is so communicative and also I can see when 
she can only receive so much. You know what I mean? Like she's still only one. Um, and so I read recently something that stuck with me recently that I like shared with my partner and have been trying to like execute is uh, this parenting resource person said, stick to the original plot of the movie, meaning um, uh, what what this educator was claiming is like stick to the first boundary that you want to uphold, even if they break other boundaries afterwards. This is seems it'll connect in a second. Just wait. <laughs> So like the, the, the parenting example is like your child want, doesn't want to leave the playground and you say, okay, we have to leave the playground now. And when they leave, you know, they, they have a temper tantrum and then you pick them up and they hit you. Okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, we don't hit people. No, we, we don't swear. We don't yell, you know, all of these things that educator would claim that like you're, you've gone off the original plot of the movie. Cause the plot of the movie is holding the boundary that we have to leave the park, right? You got to stick to the first thing, maybe deal with the hitting and the other boundaries later, but it's not going to come through, right? Like, because she's only one and she has impulse control and communication limitations and all of these things, it is more effective to stick to the original plot of the movie, stick to the one boundary. Listen, when mommy says she, you're leaving the park, we're leaving the park, right? Like that's, we got to go, you know, that will be more effective in the long term in terms of like lesson building, right. Or, or lesson learning or whatever. So applying this to your partner who is a grown adult and not a toddler, <clears throat> while I do raise an eyebrow at the content and I'm curious about, you know, maybe more about how that's making you feel, yada, yada. The core of this letter to me is like, I'm feeling disconnected from my partner. So I want you to focus on the original plot of the movie, which is how to seek connection with your partner and me, you know, curiously meet a middle ground around phone usages, usage that makes you feel connected and intimate. And then at a, once that is established in a way that makes you feel validated, then go back to the content. To, you know what I mean? Cause I don't like, like Sam said, if, if, if I said to Sam, Hey, I think you use your phone too much. And, and the stuff you watch, like, doesn't it make you feel like you're a bad feminist? Doesn't it make you, you know, like there's, I'm, I'm trying to make it personal for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it's trying to, it, it would be a lot, right? I'm not trying to give your partner a free pass for looking at like potentially misogynistic things, but I'm saying, let's deal with one thing at a time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. And I think as you're spending more uninterrupted time together or time intentionally together, it becomes easier to have the types of conversations that I think you want to, which is like, here's how the content that you look at makes me feel when I overhear it or when I see it or whatever it is, right? Like here's how it lands on me. Um, which is a different conversation than saying you're on your phone too much and the content you're watching is bad, right? Cause that is like, okay, well, how am I supposed to respond to that? But if, again, it's like, I'm feeling disconnected from you. I'd like to spend more intentional time with you. And here's how some of the stuff that you're watching is making me feel like that's a different that's an invitation into a collective sort of response to what is actually happening as opposed to saying you're doing bad things and I'm the one who's got to tell you what to do about it, which is like, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> but, and it's also not true, right? It's not, it's not true that that is what is happening here. They are engaging in their phone differently than you are, which is fine. And they're looking at content that has, is being fed to them by algorithms <laughs> and, 
maybe not immediately ending it in the way that you do. Right. And that's also like, maybe not great, but okay. And so like, how do you have a conversation about like, how are we approaching this together rather than saying, stop what you're doing, do it differently. Cause that's not going to land well because who wants to hear that? Who wants to be told that yeah. you're doing something bad? Yeah. And we're not talking about coddling. We're just talking about like basic human reactions, you know, the yeah. best of humans, like the most Zen fucking partner is going to feel defensive, you know, um, especially maybe when they feel like a little spread thin as a new parent. Don't get, don't get any of this language wrong. Like Sam and I are ultimately like, you aren't getting what you need. And it sounds like your partner isn't being very, um, receptive to the previous calls for like self-reflection on phone usage and phone usage content and stuff like for that. Sure. We're hoping that, how about this? We trust you that if you bring this to your partner with all this empathy and curiosity and, and, um, openness to understand and, and whatnot and, and say, I need more intimacy from you. And they still say, I don't use my phone a lot. It's not an issue. Well, that's them turning. That's them saying, I don't value intimacy with you. Do you know what I mean? Right, that's their sure. defensiveness getting in the way. Um, yep. And so we trust you to discern the difference between those two things. All right. Old fashioned. Um, once again, congratulations on the new uh, child in your life. That's so exciting. And Sierra and I hope that um, with some of this, you'll be able to find a way to, to grow your connection um, and feel more intimate with your partner. Um, thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you. We hope this helps. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like to join our office hours, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to our office hours, um, which this month are on February... <laughs> What's the date? 25th. It's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yes. We hope to see you there. Patreon.com slash just break up pod. You can slide into our DMs. Send us your favorite relationship memes. I mean, you can slide into our DMs, but like the letter writer, I am trying to cut back on my social media. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry if we are not quite as responsive there anymore. Um, but more importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, your partner doesn't have to agree with you on everything you don't have to perfectly align on your morals and your values and your actions but you do deserve to be heard respected validated valued and when you are not feeling connected you can ask for more connection that is totally okay and there's a way to do that that is team building that is working together that is curious and empathetic for all and if all else fails just break up <laughs>